Hello and welcome to Snippets of Starting Over with Shannon. These short episodes are specifically designed for you busy people who are looking for a quick dose of inspiration and guidance on your self-development and healing journeys. If you'd like to listen to the full episode, you'll find the details in the description box. But in the meantime, happy listening. So what is the soul solution? What is the soul solution? Well, that's the book that I just wrote. And at its core, it really is about helping women learn how to trust themselves, to tune into that inner knowing and follow those energetic breadcrumbs and your soul whispers to create a life that's just more true to who you really are. Mm, and more satisfied, you say. And yes. It speaks to what you said before about so many people realize, as you did with going up a certain ladder and getting to the top and going, oh shit, like I in, I thought that I was going to feel a certain way through this experience or this accolade. I don't feel that at all. <laughs> So where do I where do I go from here? There's three things in your book that I want to talk about. You've mentioned a couple there already. So a couple of your chapters, the whispers of your soul. So key steps for tuning out external noise and accessing authenticity. The your energetic breadcrumbs as you've described. So how the universe signals to you when you're on the right path. Love that. And the upward spiral, so this surrender, allow, trust to get more of what you want with ease. I recently did an episode with somebody on letting go and that resonated so much, but then people were actually like, how do I actually let go? Like in that moment, how do I get let go? I like, I can't do that. Everything around me is like, I'm scared. I feel like I've got to hold on to control. So let's start with this upward spiral method that you describe first. Yes, well, it's, it's a meditation as well as a practice that you can do each morning. So if you you buy the book through my website, there's a book link at the top, then you can get a whole resource vault with guided meditations and downloadable PDFs and all these things. So that's what I'd recommend doing. But on that page with all the free meditations, there's one called Surrender, Allow, and Trust. And what it is, is it's a morning meditation practice that you do every morning. And if you don't want to do that full meditation, you could even just do it on your own by saying the key phrases, I surrender, allow, and trust. And you can use the words the universe, or if you believe in God or source, life force, whatever you want to use, but some version of I surrender, allow, and trust the universe to move in me, as me, and through me today. And then you can add other things onto that. I surrender, allow, and trust the universe to help me access my creativity today, or I surrender, allow, and trust. So it's just a way of setting an intention. And what I have found is when you do that in the morning, it plants a kernel in your subconscious mind that's there for the rest of the day. And you might suddenly make a different choice or behave slightly differently because you've set that intention in the morning. Now, if you're in a moment to your question of like, oh, when I'm really trying, like I'm, I'm in the situation, how can I surrender? That can be really hard to do. And I even remember when I did my training with Brian Weiss around hypnosis, he said, often I'll have people come to me where the wife has read all my books and she loves everything. She can't wait to have this experience. And the husband, she'll drag her husband there. He doesn't really want to be there. And he doesn't know who I am or why he's sitting here. And then we'll do the hypnosis and the husband will have a very profound experience and the wife will just be blocked. Nothing happens. And he said, the reason is because if you're trying really hard, it can actually block your mind from receiving and I remember sitting in the audience when he gave that 
sort of pep talk, pre-warning, whatever you want to call it, thinking, well, great, I'm here to have an, I'm the wife in that situation and I really want to have an experience. How can I like try to not, okay, I'm trying to not try, I'm trying to not try, I'm trying to, you know, it's really hard when you're in those situations to truly surrender. And, you know, what, what I would recommend in that case is to, to just ask yourself, how can I soften or surrender just 10% more? Or you could start with even 2%. Like, let me soften 2% more into this moment. So maybe it's too big of an ask when your kids are screaming and you're stuck in the car with them to try to surrender to that moment. You're not going to go from like rage to surrender on the dial. You need to give yourself a little incremental move. Like, how can I soften 2% right now? How can I, you may be taking three deep breaths. All right. I'm, and actually, instead of trying to surrender to the moment, maybe you just surrender to the anger that you're feeling right now. Okay. Let me soften towards this anger 2%. Let me, all right. I'm surrendering to the fact that there is anger coursing through my veins and I want to slam on the brakes right now. <laughs> my kids are making me so angry. So that's mm -hmm. a way to do it in a, in a more manageable bite size. So yeah. that you can feel the difference in your nervous system right away. I've certainly found personally that if you lean into an emotion and let it move through you, it will pass much quicker. And that yes. can feel really hard to do. But actually just that experience of going, I'm allowing myself to be angry right now, it will often reduce. Really does. And the thing is, when you observe the anger, you immediately distance yourself from it because now you're the witness, you're in the observer seat instead of being the anger. So even just going, oh, anger, and then taking a couple of deep breaths that you've already started the process of surrendering and allowing. Hmm. Are there any other experiences that come to mind or events that people could find themselves in that they could use this to guide them, the idea of surrendering and trusting? Yeah, well, my biggest thing would be to say, be proactive about it before you're in a situation, which is why I think doing it as the morning ritual practice, the meditation is really useful because you're kind of building the muscle before you need it. So the best is to set the stage in advance. But if you've already gotten yourself in a situation and you know, you're frustrated, something's not going the way you want it. The other thing that I think is helpful, I use the equation E plus R equals O, which stands for the events in our life plus our response or our reaction equals our outcome. And so if you're in a situation where, let's say, you were interviewing for a new job or you wanted this big promotion, you didn't get it, and you're just so mad or frustrated or discouraged, disappointed, you start to get in a bad mood and you're noodling on it, and then you lash out at your partner, and then you're in a big fight, That whole that's a downward spiral. Instead, if you could recognize, okay, I don't, or like you're at the airport and your flight is canceled and delayed or whatever, you know, those situations. You can recognize, okay, I don't have control over the E in this situation, the event, but I always have control over the R, which is my response or my reaction. And depending on my R, I can have a totally different outcome. And so when you're in the airport and your flight is delayed, it's like, okay, I'm starting to get really mad and frustrated. How can I change my R to have a better outcome right now? Like what's one small thing I could do? Well, oh, you know, maybe I'll go treat myself to like a slice of pizza. I, did, I am kind of hungry right now. And right, and you're just going to do that to give yourself a slightly different reaction. I think a lot of us feel that. And like I said, it can often be difficult to surrender in those moments. So the first step really seems to be accepting the present moment in where we're at to be able to move through. And as hard as that can seem sometimes, I guess that's one of the key first steps. 
Yeah. yeah. Or accepting that you don't want to accept the present moment. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to come to was this idea of energetic breadcrumbs and the universe sending us signals that we're on the right path. How has this, well, describe that a little bit for us. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people come to me looking for more clarity on their next steps. And energetic breadcrumbs, basically, there are these moments when you feel really energized and alive and awake or just curious inside your body, like your little inner spidey sense goes off about something. And the thing about our energetic breadcrumbs is we tend to dismiss them because we might think that they're insignificant or trivial. And yet all those breadcrumbs add up to a cake. You know, they really do lead you to your most satisfied, joyful, fulfilling life. It's just that you have to pay attention and follow them. And I think a lot of us dismiss them because they're trivial or we dismiss them because we don't know what the end goal is or what the outcome is. So why would I follow this thing? Because where is it leading me to? Where is it going? But if you want to live a more soul-centric, soul-aligned life, the thing is, it's a it's an emergent process. It's not always a, oh, here's the goal. Let me chase it. You're discovering yourself along the way. And so the energetic breadcrumbs are the thing that allow you to do that, to have your own emergent process. They they guide you forward. And they're also kind of the fuel that sustains you on the journey. Because when you follow them, you get a little, often you get a little jolt of energy in your system. Mm. And so when it's a new concept, I recommend people just each night before bed for one week, just journal. When did I feel the most energized today? When did I have more energy at the end of an activity or a conversation than I did at the beginning? And what specifically was it about that interaction that energized me? Was it the person? Was it the topic? Was it that I brought together these disparate ideas in a way that I could tell was unique and that really resonated? Was it that I helped them in some way? So just becoming your own kind of research experiment on yourself and starting to track your own energetic breadcrumbs is a great practice to bring you towards a richer, more joyful life. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think we would all benefit from really getting clued up and aware of our energy levels because we often think of time being this thing that's finite which of course it is but we don't think so much about our energy being finite like what we could even do or be in one given day but it's like actually I know for me I'm I'm quite extroverted so I'm energized by having a conversation just like this and I will kind of come off and probably be bouncing and make a cup of tea and be happy and happy and probably for my partner who's more introverted for him that will be something that he needs to resource himself from at that moment. So I think like just becoming more aware of those things and of course the expansive joy, those things that really light you up, that's often when people describe in a professional setting as being a calling, right? I don't know if that's what you feel like now. Is that what is like lighting you up in what you're doing at the moment? Oh, wow. Um, you know, for me, I've actually been getting into a whole new world around sex magic and tantra and all these things and that's Ooh, been my new energetic breadcrumb yeah nice <laughs> sort of, i know which i never thought i would go in that direction but that's what is calling to me right now and there's been so many serendipitous things i mean that's the other thing when you follow your breadcrumbs you often have serendipities and coincidences that start to occur three different people mention the same book to you in a week maybe that's an energetic breadcrumb for you to follow so that's kind of where i've been feeling really energized and curious and you know, crazy things like using the energy of orgasm to clear shame from your body and things like that is what I've been tuning to and 
and have been getting a lot of you know curiosity about. Yes, love that. And anyone listening who's interested in that too, I did a previous podcast episode with a sex therapist, Jacqueline Hellier, who spoke on that exact thing with releasing shame and so on. So loved that and very much topic I'm into as well. But we will maybe do a repeat on the Tantra stuff <laughs> another time. But let's come over to this other idea we mentioned about listening to the whispers of our soul. Yeah. So one of the things I noticed in my own starting over journey is that the voice of my ego was so loud and insistent. And the voice of the soul, it would often come through as this tiny little whisper in the slivers of silence that I created in my mind. And so I got curious about how can I access that place, that wisdom more consistently? What does that even look like? And that's when I kind of coined the term listening to the whispers of your soul, because it often is just such a subtle little whisper. Just like the breadcrumbs, we can tend to dismiss it because you you almost don't hear it. And if we get in go mode on that hamster wheel, just completing all the to-do list tasks in a given day, there's no space for the soul to come through. And that's why meditation or just going for walks in nature, journaling, there's lots of ways to start to access the whispers of your soul. There's a whole ritual I lay out in the book to do dialoguing with nature, which is a very simple and yet profound way to start to access some of those soul whispers. So you can actually be proactive about connecting with your soul. Mm. So you're saying it comes through as something quiet that we've got to pay attention to, to be able to notice. Yes. And we have to cultivate some level of stillness to hear it. Mm. Yeah. You know, one thing that has come up a lot for me in this idea about listening to life's whispers is how to distinguish between that, the voice, the quiet voice of somebody's intuition or inner knowing, inner wisdom versus subconscious or underlying fears based on mm. previous trauma or whatever. Like, I know that that's something that comes up so much and people are like, but I don't know if that's just a little voice that's telling me like not to do something but I shouldn't listen to that. Do you have anything to say on that front? Well, the whispers of the soul, sometimes they can trigger fear once you start thinking about the how, but they usually feel authentically good in the moment that you experience them. Yes. Okay. Great point. Love that. The how. I can see that because that is often when it comes up. Like I think I had that even with this podcast. It's like, this feels right. I want to do this. And then all of a sudden you think of the steps you need to take and go, oh gosh. So yeah, great point. 